0: We'd like to thank our sponsor, SLC Guitar, for another sweet guitar riff. Welcome to another episode of Build with Breen Homes, where we talk all things construction, business management, and just have a good old time behind the microphone.
1: All right, welcome back. Uh, We have a special guest today. So I can't really start with, well, I guess I can, but it's going to be, Mr. Breen's. <laughs> How are you guys spiraled. doing today?
0: Yeah. Uh oh, two of us. You got the Breen brothers working here. Today. We are, we are, I'll go high, you go low. Let's see if we can take him.
1: <laughs> uh, somebody ain't going to make that, it.
0: If I've ever had a chance, today's about my only <laughs> oh, chance. Oh, I guarantee
2: to take both him. these guys can take me. Just know, just know
1: somebody's not going to make it. <laughs> so we got a guest today. We have Jake Breen is obviously mr adam breen's brother baby older twin
2: <laughs> yeah we get that a lot of really my response do. is always uh i want people to guess who's older who's younger but my silver hair kind of gives it away so. uh, a little bit. <laughs> i'm just a little <laughs> bit older a little bit i'm the older smaller brother
1: it's okay which one's tougher <laughs>
2: Oh well. Oh, see, he's definitely here, tougher though. than me. <laughs> depends on what depends
0: on where you're putting us up against each other. Okay. Yeah,
1: that makes sense. That makes. I'm sense. I'm built
2: for speed, Brandon.
0: Okay,
1: <laughs> speed kills, man. Speed kills. That's all I gotta say on that one. All right, so Adam. Yes. I think today I got another topic for you. It's going to be an interesting one. Going through my goals for the year trying to figure things out. I kept coming across a question of purpose. Couldn't, well, there was a couple of things that I was trying to figure out, like, all right, so what's the purpose of me being able to do this goal in general? So having Jake on today, I think, I think I'd like to start with Jake and kind of get his idea on purpose. I know, Jake you're a business owner entrepreneur you you do an awful lot with your time, and both of you are very driven individuals so I figured it'd be a really good topic to kind of start off with with you and kind of give me some ideas on your purpose and then we'll just we'll go back and forth
2: great well i uh to give a the thirty second kind of elevator pitch on my background uh, I was one of those kids that was always Type A um, from the beginning, like nine years old, people said I'd be a public speaker or an attorney. I attempted law school. I did become a public speaker, spent about 10 years uh, traveling around the country doing public speaking for Berkshire Hathaway. And in conjunction with that, I would tell you when it comes to the topic of purpose that I like to talk about it because... I always had a deep sense of purpose and drive until I didn't. Oh, and you didn't. Until I didn't. And I think that, and we'll dive into this today, so I'll just I'll yeah. just be brief right now, but Jeez. I think it's really common, especially in the entrepreneurial business community, for people to change or lose their sense of purpose somewhere around late 30s to 50 years old, somewhere in that decade or so. We tend to refer to it as midlife crisis. Oh, yep. Right? Yep. And so I'm kind of fascinated to talk about it, not because I'm a purpose-driven expert, (laughs) (laughs) but because I have struggled with trying to find, redefine or new purpose. Okay. It's what we call a middle age crisis middle age
0: (laughs) now now you can tell who's older (laughs) (laughs) and now you know now you know
1: so tell me about that you until you did not that intrigues me like yeah you you both are very very driven and i i can't even imagine you just being like all right so what next what am i doing here yeah What's happening so
2: yeah Give me the details. All on right, that, all juiciness. right. Let's dive into some details. This, 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 this could go long. So, wait. First, yes, Adam, sir? can you relate to that
0: losing yeah. purpose? Yeah, yeah. To a, to a degree, I, I don't okay. feel like I can relate to that yet. Okay, that's why I joke about the midlife yeah. crisis. Yeah, yeah. But I do. I mean, we we've often gone back to a, a book that we both read last year, and I I think that in a lot of ways. You redefine purpose multiple times in your life, and, mm. and whether it's the general idea of purpose, purpose at work, purpose at home, right. every new venture, every new chapter that you have in life, kind of redefines purpose, so to speak. You know, so I, I think we're constantly redefining what that purpose is. Okay, um, but to go back to like a life purpose, yeah, no, I don't feel like I've had that yet. Okay, all right, Jay, go ahead.
2: Yeah, right. so. I would describe at least my personal journey like this. As I mentioned before, always motivated. And I think like most entrepreneurial men, not trying to be sexist at all here, but just I can relate to guys in business or or self-made men. There's a lot of similar personality traits uh, for, for guys with drive. And I think a lot of us have, let's say an idea or let's even be very specific and say a number. I spent six years on the advisory board with the alumni council at Westminster College. So I was mm. constantly with MBA students. Yeah, And one of the most famous things I used to tell these kids was kind of the whole ideas are a dime a dozen. It's really the team that creates success okay. or the person. And when you talk to VC companies, they invest in people. But here's my point. In my six-year stint there, we started a program called AMP. That's the alumni mentoring program. And I was a director and a facilitator on that. So I often talk to young kids about their purpose. And you got to imagine NBA students in general are wide-eyed and excited about their business future, as was I. For sure. And I spent a good, let's say from about 12 or 13 years old, when I started getting excited about earning money and buying things, until my late 30s, letting a number or a possession be enough to motivate me. Now, I would never say I was that, for lack of a better term, money-hungry douchebag that uh, drove a Ferrari. No offense. If you love a Ferrari and you, you want to buy one to drive it, then that's great. Brandon, do I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it right yeah, now. right? But, uh, yeah. but, but if you, what I, my point is, is if you seek after that thing, as Anne Rand said, money's not the root of all evil. evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. So here's my point, a number, a thing, having enough, which was also some good things providing for my family, was enough to motivate me from, let's say, when I first started my family in my 20s until I was almost uh, 40 years old. So a good couple decades. Okay. And I'm not saying that that is wrong. There's three motivators in life, right? There's fear. And I think probably my first 20 years, definitely in my teenage years, fear of not being accepted or perceived as cool was probably my number one motivator for sure sure. (laughs) and you know what hey it it got me to where i got but that can have some major consequences when you hit this midlife crisis so the next level is being motivated by duty in those early years of me being self-motivated fear propelled a lot but so did duty i was a responsible guy right i always showed up I think that also helped a lot in my career. If I said I was going to do it, I did. Got it. Okay. I put in the
1: uh, the the time, the in. nights and yep. the weekends
2: and okay. all those sort of things, right? Okay. But somewhere around this midlife crisis, I started going, well, there's a third motivator and it's where people really find inspiration and that's being motivated by love. And so I've spent probably four or five years now because I did check the boxes technically of the number i thought i always wanted to achieve in life and by the way when you get there it's never enough right i did kind of get all the things i thought that i wanted for a couple decades only to find out that doesn't really change your motivators or yeah. your purpose right right hmm. that's, that's a that's a load
0: that's pretty deep yeah i'm sitting here, I'm
2: sitting here like <laughs>
1: mulling around a little bit like, damn, that's-
0: What do you say though, deep. like when you come, I and Jake are both very much like a type A red personality. Mm-hmm. So I, I think our motivators early on is success, whether you find that in a form of being cool or hitting a certain number uh, or achieving a certain goal. It, it's always been like climbing to the mountain top and planting your flag, so to speak. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are not motivated by that. You take a, a, if we're talking personality traits, a yellow or blue or white personality trait and that's not their motivator right you know and i I think you know to jake's point you do if we're going into the true deep motivator once you get beyond that more surface level Mm -hmm. and get into like love becomes like a deep motivation for people right most people remain motivated by you know fear uh, or success being cool a number um or just a moment in life you know like uh more of that zen concept so i i don't want to leave everybody out and go oh man we're just talking like this executive level people there's a lot of people that go this this doesn't apply to me because i'm not motivated by a number or a success or an achievement totally. you know so where where do those fall into before they find kind of that ultimate divine of love being the number one motivator
2: yeah hmm.
0: yeah this is
1: this is pretty interesting to me on a bunch of different levels. Like I, I know, I guess there's no way of kind of sugarcoating this. So back in my professional days, there were professional athlete days. There was.
0: Love <laughs> how you always let let me, skirt uh, around yeah, let me, professional
1: uh, days. Let, let me work that out <laughs> just a little bit different. What kind of athlete were you? Um, played ball, played football. And it was absolutely amazing, good times. But when you're done, you're done. Mm-hmm. And then you really, at least I did, really started going down the road like, holy crap, like what, what is there? What's the next thing for me? How do I move past my past of playing professional sports pretty much? Well, playing sports in general, mm-hmm. and then going from professional to okay, now I'm in the, I, I guess public sector. However you want to, however you want to say it, no yeah, <laughs> one cares who you're already right. exactly right. I mean that's a right.
0: huge change. You go from you know top of the line, the top 0.01 percent of athletes, right, to nobody, to to nobody. No one really cares who Qu-quickly, you are at the grocery store.
1: Quickly, right, right. So then, I grew up around a very very my mom it was single mom very very strong very you know this is what you do this is how you do it mm-hmm. so i think i kind of bounced back pretty quick but along with the cats that kind of all came out and their careers ended all at the same time with me yeah man it was like the gambit like people were like having family issues just blowing through cash like it was just yep Going out of style, just you—you kind of sit back and you see those people around you, kind of like, all right, we—we we all kind of got to help each other here and try to yeah. try to work with one another and make sure everybody's good. I—I I know that the uh, association that I was involved with have done a phenomenal job now at trying to make sure that okay, once you're once you're in, let's try to get you in a career path here. So when you're done, you have something that you can just automatically roll into. Yeah. And I I see a lot of really good um progress yep. with that. And I'm very proud of that association and making sure that they're they're doing what they say they're gonna do. So that's I am as you were talking about purpose and I'm just like shit, that's 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 exactly it. You know, you get cats that come out of doing something that they've been doing that they've probably dreamt of doing their entire lives. And then once it's over, it's not a gradual, like, okay, whew, whew, I got another four years in yep. this and all right, this, all right, I'm going to start working. Let me put some money over here and try right. to make a little money off of this money. It, when it's done, it's done like right there and then. Yep. So
0: this is kind of. Have you ever been through the the exercise? that is put a put five titles on who you are mm. like i am a professional athlete mm. you know and really thought about like what are those five titles of what you are if you have to describe who you are in in five title words what are you and you know oftentimes it's hard when you really start thinking about like how do i define that because in a lot of ways i would fall back and say i am a custom home builder right. obviously it's what i do every day right. i am a dad mm-hmm. uh, you know i am and an enthusiast. When you start to put those titles on, it's really amazing at how that starts to define your purpose. And if you at a point in time in your life, would you say, I'm a professional athlete mm-hmm. that has all these accolades of what we've built up in society of who you are. But then on the same hand, you can turn around and say, I am a dad, right. which is in a lot of ways, just simple, mm-hmm. trying to raise children to be successful in this world. That's such a difference in society, right? True. You know, so you start talking, you, you come back to our, our topic of purpose. And you go, man, it, you can't put a professional athlete title and say that it's got any weight above a dad title, so to speak that's true so yeah i th-
2: I think uh you know Brandon e- expressed it in his uh, you know his history and career, but i I think that's very common in humanity. I can relate to what you were saying in the sense that in the uh, in mormonism. It's extremely common for these kids to go out on a mission and they're able to go at nineteen years old and they usually go to a you know, a, a distant state or foreign country for two years. And it's kind of common knowledge, uh, and this has been going on for decades, it's common knowledge that kids come home and uh they really struggle. Yeah. And that's counterintuitive if you really think about it. It's like, how can you give selfless service as your only focus. When you're out on the mission, I I served mine in Puerto Rico in 1999. And uh, when I did that, it's like the only time in your life that you get one focus. You don't have to worry about money. You don't have to worry about dating. You don't have to worry about... I mean, your sole focus all day, every day for two years is to go out and serve. And so there's amazing blessings that come with those selfless acts. But then, and I don't mean this in a religious context at all, but what I'm getting at is, then why has it been common for decades that people go and do that mm-hmm. and then come home and they're depressed, anxious? Right. Yeah. And it's what you alluded to uh, with a lot of NFL players. And there's a lot of books that say this too. It's like that age old adage, be careful what you wish for, right? Mm-hmm. You get fame or success or money and that's a high for some people for decades, some people months. But when it ends or it's ripped from you or it no longer serves as your motivator or purpose, right. that's where you have people struggle And so the world isn't that black and white. It's not just we do good things and so we are blessed with success. We can do great things and then still lose our sense of motivation or right. purpose. So what I've been intrigued with as my career has kind of uh, always been steady Eddie and improved upon itself and been successful for a couple of decades. And then the last few years as it's uh, changed and morphed more than any of the prior 20, I've found myself asking a lot of questions surrounding purpose and motivators. The other one Adam alluded to. So let's talk non-monetary motivators and purpose, such as family. Mm-hmm. Um, I, too, have a, a family. There's six of us. I've got four kids ranging from uh, three to 15. And, yeah, of course, I'm a very present dad. They're a huge source of motivator and purpose for me. But you start diving down that rabbit hole. Let's say you had the ability as a early 40s guy to to hang up work you, 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 monetarily you're you're taking care of the rest of your life and you know i think that's a lot of guys dreams especially those that want to be more involved with their family it's like man if i just didn't have to make money yeah. then yeah. i could do that over the last couple of years i've spent a decent amount of time being that guy and although my family is a great motivator and very fulfilling for me and i have an awesome family and you know never even think otherwise you also find out that that alone too can't be your sole sense of purpose things change yeah. your kids are going to leave the house yeah. you're going to be an empty nester and yep. i've got empty nester friends that similar to to your experience with the nfl similar to my experience with the mission based everything on yep. providing for their children and right. when those children were gone yep. and not as touch anymore they're depressed now and what? that's a 50s 60s yep age age old problem absolutely so i guess at the root of it and i don't have answers it's just fun to talk about it what is i'm not going to say the right path because there's no right path but what then as as humans in this day and age with everything that we have to go through and combat with what becomes the the most desired path for purpose-driven excitement yeah for sure You, you know
0: right right adam I think you're alluding more towards a goal that I've brought on, and I know you've had a similar goal because we've taught, talked about it in the past, but balance, balance in your life of not just too much of one thing, You know, whether you want to start talking addictions or just too much dedication to one thing. I mean, How many successful people do you know have been financially successful but then don't have relationships with their kids at home or don't have a, a good relationship with their spouse at home or don't have hobbies? Yeah. You know, I, I've had incredibly successful people in my life see the balance that i take to chase hobbies like skiing, fishing, mountain biking, you know that kind of stuff and say they're jealous and they want to do it with me but they can never find time to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's guys that have all the ability in the world to stop their world, mm-hmm. their world and come do whatever they want. We could take their private jet, right, fishing in Mexico with me, but they can't let themselves do it because they've spent so much time in an unbalanced life chasing just that that financial you know success you know so i think you're you're alluding back to a point in life of like balance is very important to find your purpose and it can't just be all fed into freaking head to the freaking you know will grinding for success financially in a business or just focusing on just family matters or just focusing on personal hobbies like you do have to take that balance in your life yep that's
2: a damn good point yeah i think balance if we were to try to sum up that right path or that most uh, smoothest path of life and putting together thousands of books and and what what gurus have said for millennia, I think we could boil that down to a few of the topics we're discussing, which is having a purpose and which can change throughout life, that's okay, but one that's really a motivator for you and not a fear-based or responsibility-based motivator, but a love-based motivator Number One, and then number two, uh, Adam just said, "If you seek after that, you at some point will find that you have to have balance, or it doesn't work for sure. and this is another rabbit hole I've gone down, not to to go off on a tangent in this podcast, but I think it's really relevant. I think modern day science and neuroscience and age old hippie chakra talk are all really converging right now. And this is not just Jake Breen saying this. This is backed by some recent books, a lot of people in health and fitness. Probably Joe Dispenza is the most popular. He's an MD, neuroscientist, but a huge, he he does meditation seminars. He's the first guy to take around millions of dollars of equipment to these seminars and put electrical nodes on everybody's heads and do a couple things. One, test their energies at different meditative stages and where their chakras are blocked, but also photograph in real time people's aura. Now, your aura is is the energy you put off. Mm -hmm. And I've experimented with a lot of this stuff. But again, to stay on topic and not go on a tangent about meditation, I can tell you that science is right on the cusp of proving that our fascia, and and ancient Chinese medicine has said this forever, they just couldn't back it scientifically, that your fascia, all of us as humans have this fascia. It's kind of like beneath our skin, but on top of our muscles. And it's the life force that kind of holds together our body. And science has had a hard time really kind of defining it. Some people say that your gut is your brain, your fascia is your spirit, if you believe in that, or call it your energy. But what ancient Chinese medicine has proven, and I found this to be extremely true, is uh, in another famous book a couple years ago, The Body Keeps the Score, discusses trauma, and how these life events affect your fascia, and over time, how different, not necessarily injuries, but binds and immobility problems in your fascia are related to energy centers, which are ultimately related to emotions and where you're bound. So let's summarize all that in a real live example. You can be motivated by the fear of not being perceived as cool. And for me, that got me to check some big boxes in my life that I always thought I wanted to check from early teenage years. So much money and net worth. Boom, check by my mid to early 30s Um, to the point of if I wanted to live a certain way, I didn't need to work the rest of my life. Fitness. Yeah, I had some good motivators around it and probably now some unhealthy ones, but I wanted to be number one, fastest, most fit, and I would enter events and competitions. And if I won, I'd stick with it. And if I didn't, then I quit.
1: On to the next.
2: and moved on to something else, yep, right? Yep. And I always saw that as heck. I'm type A. I'm number one. I'm, I'm great. But mm-hmm. when all that catches up with you, and you start going, why? I'm here to tell you, if you listen to your body, you're also going to have some bound fascia and some emotional trauma.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's not to say that I was living a wrong way, but that was negative. It got me to the point of where I was. That was my journey but i also had an awakening that i'm not going to if i keep going by this route and these motivators by the time i'm 50 or 60 i'll be what adam described i will have tipped the balances a little too much yeah. maybe say monetarily and maybe pissed away some memories i really needed to have mm-hmm. with my family right and in the business community yeah i've got i've i've gotten a decent amount of shit for not being in a friend's eyes as, as monetarily motivated as I used to be. Okay. And so an awakening doesn't just mean you're along for a smooth ride. Right. For sure. (laughs) For sure.
1: Do you think that that being said, do you think that your purpose is always changing or you're always evaluating your purpose as you go through the years. You're always trying to say, okay, well, maybe I don't need this as much anymore, but my main purpose is more time with the family or, you know, creating experiences with the family, that type of thing.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I I think, I I do think it, it changes. I think we as humans, it's just natural to kind of strive after what you don't have, but you think you want. Mm -hmm. We have some famous quotes around our house. They're called dad's quotes. I tape them up and try to get my kids to remember them. The only one that they can quote by heart is happiness is wanting what you have, not having what you want. Mm. And my kids will joke all the time. Dad, happiness is having what you want. (laughs) Want. I'm like, no, it's not having what you want. (laughs) It's wanting what you already have. Right. And not envying after other things. But... Yes, I've found what what you said personally to be true, that purpose can be ever-changing, but then it kind of goes, you have to be careful. It can be dangerous because it can go hand in hand with, well, let's say it this way. We as humans are gonna lean towards what we don't have. Oh, I'm missing out on this, Right. so, That's what I'm going to strive after. Now, that's that's what's really going to. I've been working my a off, and I've I've made X amount of dollars. So next year, my goal is to spend more time with family. We just went through New Year's, and like how many people set goals either around financial or health and fitness or family, like those three buckets, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee most people's goals were more heavily weighed toward what they don't have. Right. So. A little more on my personal journey, I've always been a healthy fit guy. My wife and I, although it's not my profession, we're often asked if it's our profession when we're together. We've been ranked nationally as athletes among certain sectors, certain type of races, Spartan races. We're in top 100. Um, We won the LA uh, High Rocks competition a few weekends ago in December with a team so so we're we're, we're we don't we do it professionally but we're right up there kind of jostling with some professional right. athletes and it's been a sense of fun excitement maybe some some pride for me and i found out just after halloween this past year 2022 that i had a tumor in my right knee and you know at first there was a series of nights sleepless nights where I totally lost my sense of identity, as you described with the NFL, leaving the NFL. And I also, one of my large motivators and purpose went out the window. Right. 100%. Right. And I went, well, if I don't have these things, then, you know, what do I have? Mm -hmm. And beyond just this surface level, I wanna be fit or I wanna look good in a swimsuit. Yeah, I'll be honest, those were some of my motivators more when I was younger. But now even though I don't necessarily pride myself on that stuff, it's my sense of – it's what I do with my wife. It's my social network, right? fitness and nutrition. It's, it's how we socialize on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And so my wife was worried that I was down because of the tumor in my knee and I couldn't go work out. Like, right. like I needed this stress release. Which mm-hmm. That was part of it. But I described to her the reason I was a lot more down mentally was because I had – totally lost my sense of purpose and my sense of community all of a sudden all of a sudden yeah it's overnight and although that's you know around that bucket of of health and fitness and we said most people do goals around family or monetary as well i think in all those categories you can have abrupt trauma in life that Mm -hmm. that absolutely shatters that sense of purpose and the journey of life for us as humans is simply what are you going to do with it? Right. How are you going to react to that? Now, now that happened, what did you learn and how did you react? And being a guy that knows this, that reads the books, that listens to the podcast, I'm here to tell you that journey of life is not handed anybody on a silver platter. Absolutely. You can read all about it. You can know all this stuff. Right. But when you go through things personally like that, that really alter your sense of purpose or redefining who you are, mm-hmm. it ain't easy for anybody right
1: there is a struggle no matter who you are and how versed you are in that subject one way or another it's going to be a struggle true that mm. all right man this is amazing discussion right now i'm like stupid into it so i think what we should probably do is just make this a part two yeah
0: you man you know, you know me you get me talking i'm gonna keep going so if we're hitting a time let's start a, a part two you we'll